airing the Addisons. Let me say this, as followers of the Lord Jesus Christ, we've got to be careful and make sure that in everything, man, we are trying to get as close to what the word says as possible. And we got to understand that with that type of wickedness, man, you know, God does not wink at that. That's judgment. Promoting truth, wisdom, and empowerment. And you don't have shades of truth. You have truth or you have error. You have fact or you have fiction. And now we go into the thick of it. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Erin Addison's. On American Family Radio, we do appreciate you listening. Um, I'm Miki. And I'm Will. And Sherry B is over in Studio CC, and I'm not sure we're going to be able to get to calls today because we're having some technical difficulties with our phone lines. Mm-hmm. Somebody didn't believe me. And that's, <laughs> believe that, huh? that's not even like me being like discerning. That's just because you said, yeah, I don't believe you. <laughs> well, <laughs> when I say we're going to open the phone lines. Oh, okay. Uh, <laughs> It's the one, brother. I can't let it go, brother. Because um, <laughs> everybody else was thinking what you just said. Anyways, no, really, though, we are having some technical difficulties with the phone lines. And so we don't know that we'll be able to get to uh, calls in the last segment of the show. Mm-hmm. At any rate, man, we got a lot to talk about today. And I hate to um, I hate to make it a habit um, issuing disclaimers on the show because I know that, you know, we have families that listen to our show and um, people of of within that family, obviously of different ages and things like that. And so I, I try not to um, be unnecessarily offensive or sensational to parents, you know, mm-hmm. um, because I, I, well, I just, I wouldn't like it if that were happening to me, you know what I mean? And I, and I try to, um, I try to be careful, but there, there, there is the time or there are times mm-hmm. where we're going to have to discuss topics that, um, are not suitable for for younger listeners. Now yeah. we've talked about education before, right? And we've talked about the um, sinister attempt to, um, I would say, groom our children through what is called comprehensive sex ed. Uh, but I want to go a step further today, and maybe not until we get to the, near the middle to the end of the show mm-hmm. would it be like something that, you know. You're not going to want your kids to hear this. Okay. All right. If I could just say that. So maybe the second segment, this yeah. first segment might be OK. Um, but in the second segment, you know, you're not going to want your kids to hear it. Look, anything that I read that makes me blush, that embarrasses me. <laughs> I never want to put parents in a situation where they have to feel that same embarrassment because I'm, I'm reading it by myself. Yeah. Right? right. Like You know what I mean? You know, that feeling where you're like, oh, man, it just right. <laughs> just makes you so awkward. It's it, it really does speak of it. Um, it, it it helps bring into greater focus what you read when you when you read uh, in Ephesians about it being shameful for us to speak of what the wicked do. You know what I mean? Now we have to expose these things, mm-hmm. so there's a certain amount of expression that is necessary for that. But man, you never want it to be gr- gratuitous, where you're just, oh yeah, this is really you know. Let's talk right. about that. You, right. We never want to do that. Right. And I'm going the long way around just to say some of the information we're going to talk about uh, is a little bit cringeworthy, mm-hmm. but I want you to also keep in mind. And this is, the, you know, <laughs> it's cringeworthy, but it pertains to our children. Yeah. yeah. Right? Yeah. Like, think about that. Like, here we have grown adults. We're all like, um, you know, we don't right. know how to talk about. We're, right. But this is what our kids are being faced with. This yeah. is what our kids are having um, to endure. Uh, and specifically in a public school setting. Mm. All right. 
So so we're going to talk about that. But I just want to make sure that I give a disclaimer so that parents don't walk away from the radio. Mm-hmm. Like if you, you know, to, you, you busy yourself doing other things and you got your little kids listening. Stay right there. Like, don't walk <laughs> away, because if it, if it starts to go in a direction where you're like, oh, nope, you just need to turn it off. OK. All right. That's I'm going to start calling them mom claimers. Because that's probably way more than you needed. The average Joe is like, just tell me. All right, move on. But what I just did there is a mom claimer. It's just, I think as a mom, I listen to radio as a mom. And I do radio as a mom for whatever that is worth for anyone who listens. Okay. Will sent us this story um, last week. Okay. And I read this story and I thought, wow, this is really, this is really amazing. Because, you know, we can say all day long that there is something sinister afoot in the public school system and um, that some of our teachers um, are either actively involved and complicit or just don't know and so can't resist what is happening in the public school system. Mm-hmm. But at any rate, uh, there is there is a vested interest by those who establish or develop curricula in a public school system as it pertains to our kids. They have a vested interest in uh, ensuring that parents don't know what's being taught. Hmm. Okay. So how do you keep parents out of your face? You keep them out of that space, right? They don't ask you questions because they're not in the classrooms. They can't know what's going on. Right. But here is a story from the Washington Examiner that was picked up from the Daily Wire and Matt Walsh over at the Daily Wire. um, I guess he did a show on this or posted it on online uh, uncovering what one teacher tweeted out. Now, this is just unbelievable, right? But but at the same time, it is believable. So right. here is the story here. Because <laughs> like, right, Well, I mean, you, you, you look at it and you're like, we knew that this was going on. Right. We knew that this was happening. But when a teacher has the audacity to tweet it out publicly, mm-hmm. I don't know, that's just a different level. Like, yeah. that's just a different level and, in my opinion. And crazy, more and more as uh, things happen, you know, that yeah. you thought, oh, this is unbelievable. It's like, yeah. man, it's unfolding right before our eyes. And it's like, exactly believe right. it. <laughs> exactly right. Exactly right. Uh, years ago, we used to say, here's what's coming up the pike. Here's what's, here's what's down the line. But now I just say we're here. This right. is it. This, this is it. This is the time that yeah. we were talking about that was coming. Like, we're here. Um, so here is the story, guys, from the Washington Examiner. And as with all of the stories, we will put links into uh, the show notes. So if you go and get the podcast, um, the links to these stories will be there so that you can read them in full. Although the second story that we're going to get to today, mm-hmm. um, where the mom claimers in place, uh, the second story, there's a good bit of it that we're going to share because it is, um, well, because it's necessary. So here's, here, here's story number one uh, from the Washington Examiner. Philadelphia teacher wondered on Twitter how educate, educators will cope with conservative parents listening in on virtual classes. So right now in the midst of COVID, right, there are virtual classes that are happening um, to whatever degree that that's happening all across the country. Right. Mm -hmm. Some schools are doing hybrid. Some schools are just totally online. Um, Some schools have kids who are just back in class, maybe abbreviated days, those kinds of things. Um, So there's a hodgepodge of things happening all across the country. Philadelphia schools as I understand from this article are online. And I want to say that they're um, all of them. Yes. Their schools, their kids are learning remotely, Mm -hmm. which, and I think according to this article, they're going to be doing that until November the 17th. Mm -hmm. 
So maybe they reevaluate or whatever. But so all the schools are online. Okay. In Philadelphia. All right. So, so here we go. A man um, by the name of Matthew K teacher named Matthew K teaches English at the science leadership Academy, um, which is a Philadelphia public school. And he tweeted out that he was concerned about the quote damage that helicopter parents might cause if they overhear lessons on topics such as gender and sexuality. Hmm. <laughs> okay. So here's his tweet and, and he has a series of tweets here and I'll, I'll share them with you. Okay, here we go. Tweet number one. So this fall virtual class discussion will have many potential spectators, parents, <laughs> siblings, etc., in the same room. We'll never be quite sure who is overhearing the discourse. What does this do for our equity slash inclusion work? Second tweet. How much have students depended on the somewhat secure barriers of our physical classrooms to encourage vulnerability? (laughs) How many of us have installed some version of, quote, what happens here stays here, end quote, to help this? Now, of course, of course, you don't need to draw a highlighter over that because <laughs> anybody with a brain, right, right, understands what he just wondered out loud. Exactly. I'm, su- I'm okay. surprised they tweet stuff like this. But anyway, uh, right? It, it it's is, like it, right in front of your face. It's it, amazing. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, it's like you know, yeah. It's like you want to say, "Did you said that out loud? Do you know you said <laughs> that out loud?" So th- this man is wondering how they will continue with their quote equity inclusion work Mm -hmm. when parents are there to provide for their kids feedback (laughs) pushback Mm -hmm. okay right (laughs) to to say no that we don't agree with that we don't see it that way this man is saying we have relied on the secrecy okay that is automatic with the classroom this come this is what this is our territory. Our territory is a private secret meeting room we call the classroom where we get to teach what we like as freely as we like without worrying about helicopter parents just sort of ever hovering above the kid to bring oh I don't know correction, <laughs> you know what I mean, pushback, right. uh clarity, disagreement or just flat out rejection. Right. All right? So he is wondering out loud what it's going to look like for their indoctrin- um, education. <clears throat> I'm sorry. For their education work, what it's going to look like when parents could be right there in the kitchen hmm. or right there in the home office or right there in the living room. Kay then goes on to describe <laughs> how conservative parents are his chief concern. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Guys, I wonder why. It's, it's the little man. Um, at the beginning of Frozen, when the castle gates are open and he's like, oh, so we can see how to exploit its riches. Oh, wait, wait, did I say that out loud? Yes. <laughs> yes. You just you just said that. Right. So he's most concerned about conservative parents. Now, he says basically, well, I'll go back to his tweet because he, he I don't need to paraphrase. You can hear him in his own words. Tweet number three. Here we go. 
while conversation about race are in my wheelhouse and remain a concern in this no walls environment, I am most intrigued by the damage that helicopter slash snowplow parents. That's a new one for me. Snowplow. Okay. I hadn't heard of snowplow parents. Probably should have looked that up. Just didn't care enough to give it the time. <laughs> helicopter parents can do in the host conversations about gender and sexuality. And then he goes on. And while conservative parents are my chief concern, <laughs> I know that the damage can come from the left, too. If we are engaged in the messy work of destabilizing a kid's racism or homophobia or transphobia. Mm, there it is. How much do we want their classmates' parents piling on? <laughs> destabilizing a kid's racism or homophobia or transphobia. This is all very subjective, understand. <laughs> What we define today in our culture as racism, transphobia, I'm using my quotes here, you can't see it, but I'm using them, okay? And homophobia is all very subjective. It is defined subjectively, all right? And so when you talk about destabilizing a kid's racism or homophobia or transphobia, what you're really saying is indoctrinating them. Mm-hmm. It, notice that it presupposes that these kids are going to come to the class with some sort of um, construct. Yeah. We've got to destabilize that. We've got to make that like, you know, they can't they can't rest on that. that right. They can't depend on that construct that they come with. Notice that he automatically presupposes yep. that kids come with a construct that has to be destabilized. Mm -hmm. Guys, now this... <laughs> We talk about this and people say that you are conspiratorial, right? And they say you're crazy. They, they want you to just drop off the brownies for the bake sale and go home. You know what I mean? Just, just leave the brownies in the office and go home. That's what they want you to do. But here we have, this is in living color. This is in plain tweet, if you will. The plain tweet is, we indoctrinate kids. How are we going to do that if we have to do it virtually? Mm-hmm. <laughs> You're messing up our indoctrination. <laughs> we don't want to. <laughs> we don't want to teach when the kid can turn around and go, "Mom, is that is that true? <laughs> is that really what people? We don't want to teach like that. Mm. That's wow. an interruption to our destabilization." All right, we got to grab the break. Aaron the Addisons, American Family Radio, will be right back. I have decided to follow Jesus. I have decided to follow Jesus. I have decided to follow.
Welcome back to Aaron the Addisons on American Family Radio. Uh, we really do appreciate you listening. I'm Miki. And I'm Will, and that's Jay Carter with I Have Decided. Sherry B is over in Studio CC, and um, there was some static in the communication, but she may have said that the phones are operating now. <laughs> yeah, not she, sure. She, she, that's what she told me. It's hard for me to do my job with Sherry just heli- helicoptering. <laughs> She's hovering. <laughs> <laughs> Stop helicoptering, Sherry. Stop telling me that the phone lines are open. Or snow plow. Uh, no, so, so, or snow plow. We got to find out what that is. means. That's a new one for me. I, I've heard flakes? the heli. Ooh, wait. Maybe. <laughs> It's moving the snowflakes out of the way. I don't know. <laughs> uh-huh. Whatever it is, this K guy doesn't like it. And so we probably are that. <laughs> <laughs> if the liberal Man. person doesn't like it, that's probably, at the very least, that's what they think we are. Mm-hmm. Okay. So we'll just have to look it up and, and, and we'll just have to find out. It's, I don't know. It's amazing what, this, what this K guy has revealed. I mean, like you said, yeah. it, things, it's those things that we know, but it's, mm-hmm. but it's like. When you, you hear it, it or yeah. when you see it, you know, like tweet it out, it's like, huh. It's amazing. And it's very bold, isn't it? Isn't yeah. it? It's, it's, very, it's very audacious, these tweets are, you know, to, <laughs> to put them out publicly. Um, one of the teachers that responded to his tweet said, oh, this is frightening to think about. <laughs> so another teacher agreed, like in response to his right. tweet, you know, that, that it's frightening to think that parents could be on scene to hear what you're teaching their children like that just really. And and let me tell you something. This is why I see what is happening right now in our country as an opportunity for parents who may have thought that they were never able to um, take that role that they're now taking in their kids education because there is no neutral education. Mm -hmm. Education is pushed through a worldview So it's not neutral. There is something that is being communicated. And as we're going to get into in this segment, and again, I'm Claimer, firmly in place here. Just be careful if you got little ones listening. Before we move on to this next story here, what I would like to do is um, to just encourage parents, because look, this is my this is my strong conviction. And I will not look away from this conviction. I will not dial it back. I, I, you know, I know that there are people who say, well, that puts an incredible amount of pressure on parents. And and maybe the question then becomes, and so what's the role of the church? What's the church going to be doing while I'm doing all of that? You know, <laughs> um, but the family is the first line of defense that Amen. a child has. Um, this family is instituted by God. God intended it to be that way. Yeah. Right. The family is the first line of defense that a child has. In fact, the family is the first institution, the first structure through which the gospel should proliferate. Mm-hmm. Amen. So it's for you, it's for your children, and it's for those who are far off, the Apostle Peter said mm-hmm. early on in Acts, the birth of the church. Mm-hmm. All right. So we cannot skip over the for your children part. Right. No. <laughs> it's for you, it's for your children, and for everyone who's afar off whom the Lord will call. All right. So often we leave out that middle component because that just seems so mundane. But look, let me just let me make this very clear. Our roles as moms and our roles as dads, those are ministry roles. Yes. Those are ministry roles. Yes. And as much as, you know, people get into like the glamour of what ministry is, where they're just like, you know, because my calling is this and my calling is that. There are some callings that you, you know, don't even have to go and, and, and pray and fast to know if that is what God has called you to because he makes himself evident. For example, he has given you children. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Excuse me. So that shows itself to be your ministry. All right. That is a huge. In fact, I would say that is the number one component. That is the highest duty that parents have to bring up their children in the discipline and the instruction of the Lord. Amen. Hey, I just want to mention real quick right here. Uh, mm-hmm. Brother Kennedy in the turban gave us the definition that he pulled about the snowplow parent. Okay. Yeah, the phrase has been floating around the internet for years, but was popularized by writers Claire Kane Miller and Jonah Engel Bromwichba, who in a New York Times article defined snowplow parents as machines chugging ahead, clearing any obstacles in their child's path to success so they don't have to encounter failure, frustration, or lost opportunities. Oh, okay. Well, that's not us. Um, to a certain extent. Right. All right. Like, well, it depends. You can break that down a few different ways. That's no, that's not, I don't know. Cause I'm not, everyone gets a trophy mom. No, no, we're not. Guys, you would have so much fun in our family. You would have so much fun. We tell our kids when they lose, you lost. (laughs) No, that's wrong. Oh no, you didn't get it. No, you don't, you don't get a sticker just for showing up. It builds character, man. It does. It makes them work harder. No, you can't. And then, you know, I, I always laugh when I encounter the parents who try to find like the soft way to say that the kid lost. It's like, dude, <laughs> the quicker they learn that there's the possibility, the better off they'll be. Like, you know what I mean? <laughs> like, I mean, you know, now I will say Will the Great goes too far because he wrestles with the kids and I have to like, <clears throat> let him win, let him, you know, <laughs> let him pin you. You know what I mean? Like, it, just let him feel a little bit character of And, you know, children know how to, need to know how to win and lose. You know, having that yeah, conversation with JD right now. You know, gotta wrestling. Learn. <laughs> gotta learn how to win and how to lose. That's true. That is yeah. true. It builds character. Yes. So I would say no, then we're probably not snowball parents because no. we I think that there are gonna be obstacles. You teach your kid how to function in the midst of that, how to go over them, right? How how to how to navigate them. Yes. You don't try to just remove them all out of the way. I'm opposed right. to that. Right. So helicopter, I guess yes, because I'm that's my ministry. <laughs> so I take it seriously. Yeah, I want to know what you're talking about. Of course I want to know. And I like we don't need to like don't feel embarrassed about that. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like I ask my kids on a regular basis if they are talking to someone outside of our company, I will say on a regular basis, Will is my witness. So what was that conversation about? Mm-hmm. We want to know. And guess what? They will tell us. <laughs> Why? Because we've established that kind of relationship. Right. They, I mean, that's that's the kind of family that we are. Like, okay, that looks like that was a pretty interesting conversation. You were like, so tell me about that. Tell me what that conversation was about. That's not me feeling like oh, they can't have any conversations apart from me. That's just me feeling like as long as I am here in this role, I want to know what is being said. I want to know what you're discussing. And mm-hmm. I want to know what other people are saying to you. And, you know, look, in part... Because of what this teacher K is suggesting. Right. That we have full range and full access to kids. Right. When they're in our classrooms. So it seems like, you know, K is counting on children not talking to their parents. About, exactly. You know, because he, he said that that place is supposed, supposed to be a, uh, I, don't, I don't know the, the proper word, but safe space, basically, where they can yeah. come in and have it be insulated from, you know, home and parents and be able to talk about. Man, so he's banking on uh, y'all not going back you know, home and discussing this, this is something that's being done here. And hey, let's keep it here. And, and, you know, unfortunately, man, unfortunately, asking your kid 
at the end of the day while you scroll your phone how their day was mm. doesn't is not enough. <laughs> you know what I mean? And right. and so the expectation is that not only is a conversation not going to happen, but it's not going to happen in any meaningful or significant way mm-hmm. that we can continue on with our indoctrination that that will right. be able to continue on unimpeded. And and, um, and the thing is, just real quick, that it's yeah, better no, to build that trust with your children that they can talk to you from a young age because they hit a certain age. They're not talking to you. But if you mm-hmm. have that going on, I think it's, it's, it's more comfortable. It's more like this is what we do. You know, we are open, you know, That's because right. you, know, you you hit a certain age and it's like <laughs> you ain't hearing nothing. The doors closed so, and all that kind of stuff, you know. So, so the reason for that, the reason for that is because your kids will talk to those that they believe are their peers, that they can trust, that mm-hmm. they feel like will understand them. Mm-hmm. And if you have not put yourself in a position to be that person, Mm -hmm. then you're asking an awful lot to all of a sudden say, well, come on, Mm -hmm. you can, you know, but this is built over time. This is established over time. I have, I have, well, anyway, man, there's so much more to to say (laughs) about that. Guys, we have an important role as parents. Yes. And God made it that way. Look, if you look, if you look at Ephesians, um, Ephesians chapter six, and there's something really interesting that I want to point out. You know, we always talk about we filter this through a biblical lens. The way we see this is not just because we're like, you know, Ward and June Cleaver trying to keep our kids in black and white. You know what I mean? Like we're not, <laughs> you know what I mean? We're not trying to, we're not trying to keep our kids in Mayberry just because we like it. Like right. we are trying to be faithful to the Lord and do what the Lord has called us to do. And that may seem antiquated to some people, but so be it. What we're trying to do is show our allegiance to the scriptures, show our allegiance to the Lord. Mm -hmm. There is something interesting that the Bible points out for us that is instructive for us as parents, right? Mm -hmm. When we talk about protecting our kids and and how we are to relate to our children that I think some, sometimes, you know, it's easier to overlook it. So in Paul's letter to the Ephesians, right, which we love the part about wives and husbands and things like that. Right. But there's also um, an admonition there for parents and, and their children. OK, so Ephesians chapter six, verses one through four. Children, obey your parents and the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father and mother. This is the first commandment with a promise that it may go well with you and that you may live long in the land. Fathers, do not provoke your children to anger, but bring them up in the discipline and the instruction of the Lord. Now, what is interesting there is that if you go back and do a cross reference to this fifth commandment, okay, and you look at the the promise, like when when I was growing up and I remember memorizing the Ten Commandments, you know, it's like, okay, man, that's the first commandment with a promise. And it seemed that my personal, my life was attached to it. <laughs> right like do what your mama said you're gonna die like that you know in my mind it's like you know it's it's it, it was like a i just come with me guys because a lot of people are so you're so spiritual right now you won't even admit it you're just mm. like oh, i can't believe she said that but it was very similar to, at least let me say it this way my understanding of it it was very similar to like step on a crack and break your mother's back <laughs> oh avoid the cracks right so it's like do what your mom says because you don't want to die right like that's the first right. commandment with the promise But the commandment actually extends further than that. And I believe that we can see the violation of this commandment on full display in our culture. And let me break it down. Let me let me tell you what I mean by that. So in two places, you see this commandment right in in Exodus chapter 20, Exodus chapter 20, verse 12. Now, listen to this. 
Honor your father and your mother that your days may be long in the land that the Lord your God is giving you. Okay, so you can see how, you know, and your parents told you that you walk away. It's like that your days may be long in the land so that I can live. I will do what my father and my (laughs) mother say. Right. But in Deuteronomy in Deuteronomy chapter five, verse 16, there's almost sort of like an excuse the expression, like an expansion or there's almost greater clarity that is brought to this commandment. Right. Mm. So in Deuteronomy chapter five, verse 16, the Bible says, honor your father and your mother as the Lord, your God commanded you that your days may be long and that it may go well with you in the land that the Lord, your God is giving you. Mm. It seems that the Lord attaches to this commandment, the outcome of the society in which you exist. Mm. If you look at the breakdown of our culture, it is directly connected to the rebellion of children today. Mm. It is, there's no excuse. There's no way around it. Right? So it is not just, Hey, you want to live to 99? (laughs) It is, Hey, do you want to live long? Right? In the type of health, in the type of country, in the type of land Mm. that I am willing to provide for you, then, hello, respect this institution, respect your mother and your your father, Mm -hmm. and things will go well for you. It's not about your individual life. Mm -hmm. It is also about the society in which you will live. And you can see that playing out right now. Come on, man. When that does not happen. You know, you can see see it happening now. When people don't raise their children well, Mm -hmm. when parents don't parent, to say Mm -hmm. it that way, who enjoys being around those kids? (laughs) Right. Right. Come on, man. Come on, man. Everybody. And and you know what? Right. An an added thing that I heard uh, Abraham, our brother Abraham, uh, speak about recently, that uh, the the verse four, the fathers do not provoke your children to anger, but bring them up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. A lot of times people take that verse and say, fathers, don't be aggravating your children. Uh, don't do this because you're going to make them. But really what it's saying is because it says bring, but bring them up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. So not bringing them up in that way will cause them to be given over uh, to anger, to lack of self-control, you know, that we are to bring as fathers, bring up our children in the admonition of the Lord is 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 way beyond, you know, don't aggravate them. Don't provoke them to, to anger. Can but I can instruct I add them to that? in the Lord? Yeah. Can I add to that? I w- I would say that it is also a discipline or a correction that is not connected to the heart and the intent of what God's righteous requirements are. Mm. It is the mm-hmm. it's the I would say that it is a frustration that would be the result of arbitrary rules just being laid down. Oh, just because I said so and not connecting that to the heart of God. We have to understand that what God puts in place for us, like we parent Mm -hmm. according to what we understand, you know, from the best parent, Mm -hmm. our father, God, right? That we have rules and regulations in place. We have requirements in place that one speak of the sovereignty of God and the knowledge that God has about how we have been created and designed and also speak of the holiness of God. So it, it, in similar fashion, you could attach this don't, you know, exasperate your kids or don't frustrate your kids by making sure that as you discipline your kids, you connect that to the eternal requirements of God. It's not just because I said no. 
which right. we have all. <laughs> hey, sometimes that's the reason. Erin <laughs> <laughs> the Addisons, American Family Radio. We'll be right back. Welcome back to Aaron the Addisons on American Family Radio. We appreciate you listening. Um, I'm I'm kind of conflicted here, Will the Great, mm-hmm. and I'll just lean on you for like what you think might be best to do. I've got this article here that is a lengthy article um, that I want to bring into the discussion. However, I know I'm not going to complete it. I mm. know that we're not going to get through all of it. Um, I also know that we may not pick up with it tomorrow because on the program tomorrow, our scheduled guest is Pastor John MacArthur. Mm-hmm. And so we're going to talk about what's going on in California. And I just I don't I'm not sure that we'll have enough time to to pick up with it tomorrow. So I don't know. Um, do mm. we just try to get through what we can or do we open the phone lines? Do our listeners want to kind of talk back on on what we're discussing today? This article, I'll tell you the reason that I, I put these two articles together is because they really show the sinister attempt to indoctrinate our kids when we're unaware. Mm-hmm. Um I, but I don't know. What do I you mean, think? you know, I would say if we're not going to really adequately cover it. You know, we can hold it, but we can start like because <laughs> what if people say I'm not calling today? So we're going to have okay. to do something. <laughs> I <laughs> well, think we can kind of yes. you can give the number okay. out and we can see how it, how it goes. OK, if you want to talk to us on what we've discussed so far, you can 888-589-8840, 888-589-8840. Um, while those calls are getting queued up, um, this article uh, is one of those, again, you know, by dark of night or sort of right under our noses where our kids are being indoctrinated. Um, but there are people who are working to expose this. On August the 12th, the Heritage Foundation um, hosted a summit, Protecting Children in Education was the name of the summit. Um, it was a virtual summit where um, advocates for children, uh, mm-hmm. exposed what's going on right under parents' noses as far as it pertains to the sexualization of children and teenagers in public schools, mm-hmm. all right? Um, one of the things that stands out, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to jump to the end of this article. One of the things that stands out is um, several points that were made by, the woman's name is Mary Hassan or Mary Hassan, of the Catholic Women's Forum at the um, at the Ethics and Public Policy Center. And she was talking about gender ideology and what the schools are pushing and how the schools push this information, Mm -hmm. right? Because we think that if we're not battling a curriculum or if we're not battling a manual, that the only way that kids are getting this information is is through those through those methods, those Mm -hmm. methods, right? Mm -hmm. But one of the things that she pointed out is that gender fluidity is now widely taught in in the public school system. Gender ideology, she says, uh, puts forth a radical, fractured version of the human person and teaches that unity exists between the mind and the body. Now, listen to this. The ideology gets inserted in various courses in the school system, according to Hassan. Even though only five states require LGBT history to be taught, most of the ideology that we're combating, she said, 
is furthered through what is called anti-bullying lessons and inclusivity assemblies. Mm. Now, I want you to think about that because that's something that we hear a lot, right? That's something that we hear very often. Inclusivity, anti-bullying campaigns, right? So we should think in terms of these are the, quote, by dark of night methods that are used to indoctrinate our kids in these ideologies. There was another woman who was a part of this virtual summit, mm-hmm. Monica Klein. Now, Monica Klein once taught sexual educate or comprehensive sexual education on behalf of Planned Parenthood in public schools. Mm. So she's wow. a defector. Wow. You always want to listen to the defectors, right? right you always want right. to listen to the people who get out of Dodge, who like make it out. <laughs> now, before we go to the phone lines, and this again, disclaimer here for what she says. Okay, disclaimer here. Listen carefully. Monica Klein, founder and president of the nonprofit group It Takes a Family, used to teach comprehensive sex ed, <clears throat> excuse me, and was mentored by Planned Parenthood's director of sex education. Planned Parenthood's philosophy that she learned and came to reject later has a distorted view of sex, she said. Mm. All right. Now, keep in mind this being taught to your kids via comprehensive sex ed. All right. Klein's mentor, who taught her how to teach comprehensive sex ed, reportedly told her, quote, Monica, when you walk into a room of school age children, I want you to imagine that they've done anything and everything when it comes to sex. And if they haven't, they will. And it is your job as a comprehensive sex educator to teach them about now. Disclaimer, guys, OK, not suitable for young ears. It is your job, Monica Klein was told, as a comprehensive sex educator to teach them everything about every sexual practice, to teach them how to use condoms and lubrication, to reduce their risk, and then teach them how to get to the clinic to get treatment and to have abortions, Wow. end quote. Wow. Wow. I'll continue because I, I do want to go to the phone lines, but I want you to hear this information. Upon hearing from her mentor, Monica Klein says, upon hearing from her mentor about 10-year-olds who would come into the clinic to obtain abortions, she felt convinced that this approach wasn't right and asked her mentor how she could teach these girls not to have sex, particularly since they were so young. Okay? Her mentor replied that that was very judging of her. Mm. And it was judging of others to tell a young person that they should not have sex. Instead, her job was to meet them where they are and respect their choice to be sexually active and give them, quote, risk reduction education and then refer them to Planned Parenthood. Wow. Klein believed at the time that their teaching approach was legitimate because they had the federal government backing them with Title X funding. When Klein challenged Planned Parenthood's refusal to report instances of human trafficking and statutory rape, she said staffers tried to get her to believe that young girls wanted to have sex. Please hear me well. Please understand what I just read to you. I'm going to read it again. When Klein challenged Planned Parenthood's refusal to report instances 
of human trafficking and statutory rape. She said staffers tried to get her to believe that young girls wanted to have sex. They even went so far as to say the girls were empowered by having sex with an experienced person who mm. could please them. Wow. This is from Planned Parenthood. Okay. Yeah. This funny. is the information <laughs> that is driving comprehensive sex ed curricula as it expands, as it's hidden, quote unquote, by dark of night. Right. Now, listen to what Monica Klein said. And here here is here is, I guess, the topic of the show today. This is what Monica Klein said. Their goals talking about Planned Parenthood, their goal is to have a customer for life. They are a business. So they very much need to sexualize a young generation, sexualize the children through comprehensive sex education, teach them how to dehumanize themselves and others through the act of sex and make them dependent on needing to use their services. Comprehensive sex education is like Planned Parenthood's marketing tool. It's their vehicle. They need comprehensive sex ed so they can mold that child, sexualize them so they can become sexually active in school age years. Now listen, I'll wrap up here and then we'll go to the phone lines. Monica Cole, Monica Cole, one million moms, Monica Klein, <laughs> Monica Klein. This is what she said about Planned Parenthood. The one thing that Planned Parenthood always emphasized to me is that parents, she said, and this is a quote from them. This is a quote from Planned Parenthood. Parents are a barrier to services. <laughs> now, <laughs> the wicked understand that. What of the righteous? Mm. The wicked understand. Wow that parents are a barrier to Planned Parenthood services and all that that entails, sexually transmitted diseases, aborting babies, contraception, and all of those things. The wicked understand that. And the righteous, we just make excuses. Well, they're going to learn anyway. They're going to, they're going to, but Planned Parenthood understands that a parent who is at their post is a barrier to their business. Mm -hmm. Good parents are bad for Planned Parenthood's business. Mm. To the phone lines we go. Will the Great, where do we go first? All right, let's uh, see if we can go to Scott in Texas. Hi, Scott. Scott, are you there? Hey, Scott, are you there? Yes, I am. All right, go ahead. Go yeah, ahead. So I just wanted to say, I wanted to say something about the, uh, the teacher that had a problem with the parents possibly interfering with, I mean, the education. I've been a trumpet teacher, a private music teacher for 20 years. And I'll, I'm going to tell you, the best students I ever had are students that the parents are involved, um, mm. asking questions, wanting to be involved. I, in fact, I would ask them to sit in to a lesson. And the ones that sit in the lesson, they're the ones that are more engaged with their with their kids and their kids actually do better in music lessons that way. Wow. Mm. And so if, I mean, if, if the teacher is not wanting the parents to be involved, mm -hmm. I'd be quite skeptical of what are they trying to do? You know, the scenes and stuff. So 
Yeah. Yeah. No, no that's an excellent point. Now, look, we our Sunday away. school for our younger kids, our, our our Sunday school for our younger believers and those who are yet to become believers um, is fully integrated. Parents are there. We're all there. Yep. We're all there. And we're all able to bring clarity, to ask questions, to make sure that our kids who are there all understand. There should No one should ever have a problem with that. If someone is like, no, I just need to teach your kid and I don't want the parents there. Yeah, give away. That's, I, I don't know. That's just a problem to me. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't, in any context, right. that's a problem to me. Will the Great, where do we go next? All right, let's go to Monty in Virginia. Hi, Monty. Hey, I am so proud and thankful y'all. And, you know, AFR is a wonderful station. I'm going to try to cut it short because I have to pick my educating partner wife up. Uh, I'm in Culpeper, Virginia. I've been an educator. You know, I'm 72 now. Hey, Monty. And just say that. When Man, hey, Monty, Monty, your phone is, is Monty, breaking we've up. got a bad connection. Oh, boy. I hate that. I, we've got a bad connection, I Monty. 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 If, you could, <laughs> if you could get... If... If you could get to a place where maybe there would be better reception and call back, um, I, I, maybe Sherry B can can push you back through. I really do want to hear your comments, but it's just difficult to make out everything that you're saying. I apologize for that. Will the Great, where do we go next? All right, let's go to Ralph in Texas. Hi, Ralph. Hi. Hey, uh, I want to tell you first that I really appreciate you guys. It's the best program that I think I've ever heard hmm. on uh, Christian Talk. Hmm. So um, one of the things that I is that, um, and I'm saying this by experience, I have Christian family members who themselves are so indoctrinated that they can't see past the indoctrination that they've been exposed to. Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. for myself, I had to get away from the television, all the sitcoms, mm-hmm. and that myself mm-hmm. for a long enough period of time to be able to discern uh, the culture. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. And so, for example, my son is a nurse practitioner, mm-hmm. and um, mm-hmm. he works in the nursing industry and the doctor industry is so um, indoctrinated themselves about uh, all kinds of sexual issues, uh, Mm. LGBTQ issues, and, uh, you know, you're not supposed to uh, judge people and Mm -hmm. you got to accept everybody and their thing, that they can't see the threat. And that that would be my mm-hmm. son. He's been raised in a Christian community, mm. and the church itself doesn't speak out. Yeah. And so, that's one of the problems is the indoctrination of the the parent. Yeah. No, I think you. I yes, think right. man, that is an excellent point. That's. Look, let me tell you something. When I, you know, I, I heard terminology presented to me that we need to make sure as parents that we give our kids, our kids, all right, our little kids, as much personal agency as they need to grow and develop. I don't see that anywhere in scripture. (laughs) I see them under our tutelage until they leave and then cleave. Do you Mm -hmm. understand what I'm saying? I don't don't see like, 
Oh, yeah, do whatever you want. Yeah, you have per- you have personal agency. No, now, they have personal responsibility, and chief among what they are responsible for is what they're going to do with this gospel that we keep sharing with them. Right. You got Amen. a decision to make. Amen. You want to call that personal agency? Okay. But the way it's commonly used in our culture today is to say the kid's body is their own. They do with it what they want. In other words, there's no role for the parent except to respect and submit to their own desires of how that agency should look. All right, we're out of time. I say no to that, by the way. Uh, Until tomorrow, Lord willing. God bless.